Welcome to Elements of Community, a podcast about discovering and exploring the elements of community. I am Lucas Root, and each week we talk with a community leader about what makes their community thrive and bring value to both the leaders and the members. Join me as we unpack the magic of the elements of community. Jill, thank you so much for being here and for joining me on this episode. I'm excited to tell a bit of your story alongside you and directly from you. First, how I know you. You and I connected, geez, a little over two years ago now, and we've been building our relationship almost entirely online until about a little less than a month ago. We met for the first time in person, and it was amazing. It was amazing meeting you. You You're every bit as delightful in person, actually more so than the relationship we've been able to build online. We first connected through Credibility Nation and just through, you know, the myriad of different ways that we are connected, different kinds of people, different circles that we run in, you and I just keep bumping into each other and I'm delighted by it. It's a universal (laughs) orchestration of bumping into you. Would you like to tell the audience a bit about yourself? I will. I will. And thank you. And I am back at you, delighted that we keep connecting. And somehow, some way, we are to be in this journey of life together. So I feel very supported and blessed for that. So I am a founder and president of College of Holistic Healing. And I have a master's in energy psychology and clinical hypnotherapy. I have spoken around the world been a transformational trainer, speaker, co-hosted a national TV show in Japan. That was wild. I've hosted radio shows, been on countless podcasts like this. And one of my favorite things, like just so fun. And I would say my personal mission, which makes sense that I keep connecting with you, Lucas, is to promote healing in the world. And with my college, the College of Holistic Healing, right? The holistic healing, making it accessible and giving people that bridge from conventional medicine as well as education to all of the realms that are available to us. And I've been a hypnotherapist for the last 15 years. And in that discovery, in that journey of seeing that when people are open their healing happens so much deeper and faster with the college training training people into owning their gifts as a healer and then bridging that into everyday life so that more and more people can access it so that they can have you know the life of joy and love and abundance and what they're looking for i mean doesn't everybody want that (laughs) I think if you are healthy, that's what everybody wants. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So you have the college and I know this about you. You also do a couple of other things that are focused on promoting healing in the world. One of the things that's really cool is that you make colloidal silver and sell it. I have gotten to appreciate colloidal silver tremendously in my life. For those of you who don't know, uh, if you get exposed to a virus that is transmitted via the air, so an aerosolized virus or an aerosolized bug, I am not a practitioner of any sort of healing arts other than, you know, direct connected. So when I say this, it's not somebody who's a medical practitioner giving you advice, but if you take colloidal silver and stick it up your nose, it helps to kill off the bugs that you've sort of been collecting in there. And I use colloidal silver for that reason a lot. Yeah, I do too. This is the colloidal silver I make. Look, it matches my top. It does. (laughs) And this is one of the bottles I like because you can spray it right to the back of your throat. I spray my face every day. I spray my eyes every day. It's as safe as, you know, like newborn babies have been given silver in their eyes as soon as they're born so that any virus or anything, they don't 
coming through the birth canal, they can get STDs, right? And so that's how powerful and how safe it is, right, for a newborn. And it kills viruses, bacteria, parasites. It's kind of the everything spray, and I drink it as well, and it boosts your immune system. So yeah, that's something I've made for about, well, since I've worked as a healer for about 15 years and recently got Health Canada approval that it's antiviral and antibacterial. And so for your American viewers, that's FDA equivalent in Canada. I'm up here mm. in Vancouver. So it's a big deal and it's really hard to get. When I tell people in the industry, they're like, how did you get that? And I'm like, yeah, magic. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And I entrain it with energy too, because I'm also an energy healer. So I use um, high vibration sound therapy and light and crystals and um, ramp up the energy so it actually heals things that I've, I've been told by different people that have used colloidal silver that it heals more than the, the normal colloidal silver. Mm. The, the qualities in the silver, if, if you're not familiar with colloidal silver, it's the original antibiotic before the pharmaceutical industry came in. And if it could be patented, the pharmaceutical industry would be all over it, but it can't because it's a mineral, silver. It's a natural occurring mineral that we need. And so you can't patent it per se. So it's it's not promoted by the pharmaceutical industry and it actually threatens them because in some cases it can be more effective than the, the prescriptions that you might be given. Yep. Which I know I'm not allowed to make claims. And so that was just a suggestion. <laughs> Just a suggestion. And then from a from an energy healing perspective, for the for the people who hear that and think that it's woo, there are some things that you should consider. Uh, first, go look up the water test where people speak the words love and hate into glasses of water and then feed plants. This is done and reproducible and has been done a, a number of times. You'll be able to find YouTube videos on it. And consistently every single time when you speak the word hate into a glass and then feed it to a plant and then speak the word love into a different glass and feed that to a plant and grow them side by side the love plant outgrows the hate plant every single time yeah maybe not every time but it's consistent and reproducible and so I would like all of you who heard that and are listening still and didn't turn this off because it's just too woo just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it doesn't work good point yeah, there's a lot of things I don't understand. I don't understand exactly how my computer works. And I love to use my computer. And it works most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> yes. I consider this to be a consistently reproducible, nearly magical device. Agreed. Agreed. I am a big fan. Yeah. And I mean, if you do want to do the research, there are countless studies that you can dig into of scientific studies proving the efficacy. It's, I'm a fan of proofs in the pudding. If it works, do it, right? As long as it's not violating your value system or your integrity and something's benefiting you, then yeah, repeat it and keep using it. And the colloidal silver, I don't understand all of why it works so well and it heals what it heals. I've been recommending it and a client of mine was diagnosed with fourth, fourth stage cancer in her bones and breast cancer. And that was a year ago, August. So what's that? We're in November now. So say 15 months ago, and she was given three months to 10 months to live. We've been doing energy sessions for healing and she's been drinking the colloidal silver consistently. And there's all kinds of studies to show how colloidal silver kills off cancer cells as well. And she's 71 and she has way like crazy amounts of energy. She's just, and the, the doctors are like, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> Cause she's healthier than her 33 year old daughter. Right. It's like, yeah. wow, this is awesome. And she does many things. I'm not clouding that it's only the colloidal silver, but. Or the energy healing or both. Yeah. And the looking now, at. Now people will hear this and they'll say, how do I know it's not placebo effect? And you may have your own way of talking to this, but from my perspective, the first statement that I'm gonna have to that is, who cares if it's placebo effect or not? Because yeah. if it works, do more of it. 
And totally. if you've found a way to turn on placebo effect inside your body in a way that, that works and gives you benefits, do that. Do that. Right? I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you look at how powerful your mind is, your body follows what your mind thinks about. So yep. if your mind is thinking, oh, this is going to heal me, then your body clicks into place and heals itself. If your mind thinks, oh, this diagnosis from the doctor says I'm going to die in, you know, a few months, your body clicks into following that. So, you know, so much of life is placebo. Why not use it to your advantage? Yeah, exactly. Who cares? Sign me up. If I can get consistent placebo effect in my life, I want it. Totally. Totally. Yes. Agreed. Handshake. <laughs> yeah. The second piece of that, so number one, who cares? If it works, do it. Number two, let's presume for a second that it is placebo effect. If you put seven different solutions, all of which result in placebo effect, then what you should do as a user of this, as a consumer of this system where there are seven different solutions and all of them pursue, you know, result in placebo effect, your body starts healing itself. You should stack rank them by what's easiest and what's least harmful. So if we presume that this is placebo effect, now my question is, how easy is it and how harmful is it? And colloidal silver in water is very easy and not very harmful. So give me all of that. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. third, there are studies that say that it's more than just placebo effect. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The negative side effects of colloidal silver are very low if you compare that to um, the negative side effects of our pharmaceutical industry. And, and the efficacy is there. The proof is there. And if you use it as just as prescribed, as recommended, there are no negative effects. It's a natural occurring mineral that we our body needs. And sometimes yep. we need an extra boost of it to support our healing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah. And then the third thing that I didn't hear you go deep into in your self-introduction was your energy healing work. Yes. You want to talk about that for a little? I can talk about that for a lot if you want. <laughs> energy healing. So I stumbled into energy healing while I was in my practice of hypnotherapy. And I found that my personal story was it's pretty way out there stuff that I lived in a house that was making us sick. My family, my son and my daughter and I. And my son was waking up with 105 temperatures or we racing to the hospital. My daughter wouldn't use half of her bedroom, which was really weird. And I couldn't sleep. That is and really weird. I know, she refused to use, she had this big bedroom and she refused to use like the half of it next to her closet. And I couldn't sleep. And I've never had a sleeping problem in my life and I could not sleep. And we moved into the, this house in January and it's November now, 11 months of not sleeping. I'm a mess. And mm. I've hired so many different healers to help me and naturopath doctors and like went through the gamut and nothing's shifting this. And then I woke up one morning and I remembered my colleague friend, Lynn Morell, And I was like, oh, Lynn. I think she can help me. So I reached out and she called me back that night and did a session over the phone. And she lives down, I'm in Vancouver and she lives down in Los Angeles. And an hour and a half, she clears all this stuff that made no logical sense to me. And I fell asleep and had a sleep. And my son stopped having fevers. And my daughter started using her closet. And it was like, what? Tell me more about what you did. <laughs> <laughs> so she started teaching me energy healing and clearing energy. So feeling into, so energy healing, you might not know what that means. I didn't. If you think of walking into a room and you get kind of the vibe of the room, even though you've not said anything, right? You can feel the energy. You can feel the energy of like, oh, there's an elephant in the room, right? Like something's not being dealt with. You can feel that's energy. You can feel like you feel really confident and powerful and present. That's energy. You feel tentative and nervous and uncertain. That's energy, right? So 
the electron orbiting the proton neutron, right? The orbit of the electricity moving fluidly allows for healing to happen. We are electrical beings. We're physical and we're actually mostly space, right? We're like 99.913 space. And that tiny bit of 0.000, whatever the number is the matter, the actual physicality of us. We are mostly space. And if you think of going into uh, atomic, subatomic level of thinking, right? So into an atom and you've got this electron orbiting round and round when it's orbiting fluidly, like a nice smooth circle, it's healthy. And every cell of our body is made up of these atoms, right? And so when our electrons are orbiting, like just round and round, <laughs> the woo of it, <laughs> our body will heal itself. When there's a distortion there, it could be we were around toxicity, right? Or it could be we're around a lot of criticism, it could be self-criticism, could be inherited energy. There's a contraction to that. Our body actually pulls in and protects our heart. You can see it in people's posture, right? They'll hunch over and curl in their shoulders. Someone confident would be wide open and expressing, you know, that they're fully there and aware. So when we're contracting, there's like a resistance or a pull back from life. And it happens at the atomic level, at the subatomic level. And that's where healing energy takes place. We go into that distorted energy, release it so the body can restore itself and heal itself. The doesn't actually matter the topic. If you think of everything is made up of atoms and electrons and space, we're going to that. So the healing happens inside your electrons and atoms. And when your cells are restored to its natural state, they have an innate intelligence for how to heal. And so they just, it, your body naturally heals itself. That's it in a nutshell. Cole's notes version. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I learned to interweave that into the hypnotherapy work that I do and the healing modalities that I do so that through different techniques, finding where the distorted energy is, and then also teaching the people I work with so that they can do it themselves. So they have a life skill. Mm -hmm. Like if you think of, you know, washing your hands, right? Of we wash our hands throughout the day because during the day, our hands get dirty. Our energy field, our body, living in this world, it gets dirty. There's a lot of fear in our world, especially now after COVID. And there's inherited generational patterns of scarcity and oppression and suppression and dominance and like a lot of unhealthy energies that we've had for centuries that like an old muscle memory can be living in our body. And by being able to find that and release it, it's beyond logic. And again, back to proofs in the pudding. For now. For now, yes, I, I agree. Because science does usually catch up, you know, Eventually. in retrospect. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Dispenza is great. Heart math is great. You know, like there's some definite moguls out there that are doing the work to prove, to get some data backing on how this is actually working. And there are yeah. thousands and thousands of scientific studies on energy healing out there. So it's coming into, I don't know if it's mainstream yet, but it's getting there. If you think of chiropractic work, maybe 20 years ago, that's what I think of with energy healing is that, yeah, I think we're getting there. We're getting there. People are becoming more yeah. open to, I don't need to understand. I just want to feel better. And the whole mental health, you know, crisis of COVID, and the awareness of how important community is that you specialize in, how important, you know, our brain health is for the quality of our life. Uh, that really, I think, dismantled a lot of taboo or barriers to going and asking for help. Amazing. And yes. Yeah. Do you have a story about a hug you want to tell? I do. <laughs> I do. And it involves you. 
So we're in Sedona last month and we are doing a dissertation retreat in beautiful setting of, you know, this red, gorgeous rock and incredible healing energy. That's stunning. Yeah, totally stunning. And so one morning I start with leading some Qigong classes, which is a energy movement. It's like movement meditation. And then we followed it with Lucas's training with these amazing hugs. And I called them human heart hugs. And they... Now, the listener is sitting here saying, but I already know how to hug. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And there was some retraining to do about that for me. The hugs that I have been, that I experience mostly with my family of origin, right? It's like tap on the back. Like, mm. like quick embrace, tap, kind of patronizing, actually. <laughs> like, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of patronizing in that. And, but like an acknowledgement of, yes, I see you and you're here. Not a lot of heart exchange, though. And the hugs that you walked us through where we stay connected and we breathe together. And we're hugging so that our hearts are meeting. Right. Normally we hug on the other side and not sexual, but like actually standing close together, full body together and creating that stillness together, I would call it. Yeah. And so what happened for me, I think it even brought tears to my eyes, right? Like it was just like I could really feel connected to the other person. And I had no idea that my while I was down there, my father died and I flew home and I brought those hugs to my family. Whew, I feel emotion just speaking about that. And I interrupted the old hug and I was and I just spoke into and did these heart filled hugs with my family. I was like, nope, don't pat me. I don't like that. I want to be together with you. <laughs> And I became known as the hugger of the family. And oh. this was in Calgary where my parents live and my father's funeral was. And so we had the funeral six days later and that's how I hugged everybody, including the pastor that ran the service. <laughs> and he just smiled, he was good with it. He was great, he was actually fantastic. Yeah, and I could see it shift. Like it not only shifted me, it shifted others. And if you think of how busy we are, like the energy of being on the fly all the time, right? Like being elsewhere, it was, hang on, let's breathe together. Let's be together. Let's have a moment here and appreciate each other. Yeah. Yeah. So that was profound for me that, so thank you, Lucas. And gifting us that training and it infiltrated into my whole family my extended family too because we had like oh, a family yeah. reunion yeah and i was good wearing the badge of being the hugger i was good with that <laughs> yep, and i'm it, here it, for that all day <laughs> all day long yeah all day long and i know there's studies too on that if you were to bring it back to the you know the data collection perspective of validating this stuff. There's all kinds of scientific studies on, you know, the connection of touch and hugging and the entrainment of syncing together, you know, your heartbeat, your breath, your brainwave patterns. Yeah. To calm the nervous system and create that foundation of I'm seen and accepted and loved and cared for. Yeah. We're starved for that. So I think that should be a daily ritual of having those kind of hugs. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. We need a daily ritual of that. Yeah. I read a study recently and it's data that I've seen many times before, but this recent one just, you know, is current in my mind. And it said that we need um, 11 hugs a day that are eight seconds or longer. Really? I'm going to write that down. 11, 11 seconds. eight seconds or longer. Eight seconds. Okay. And 11 hugs. Wow. Well, I need to up my game on that then. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I am malnutritioned on hugs. 
I'm, I, it seems like I'm the same. I'm not getting enough hug nutrition. <laughs> yeah. Hug nutrition. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's a great term. Beautiful. We coined a new term. It seems like we have. <laughs> <laughs> it's the physical manifestation of community. Ah, yes. Community. <laughs> yeah, the energy of community. Yes. Hug nutrition. Yeah. I love it. That's so cool that you were able to give that gift to your family. I would love to see, I would love to have somebody I've never met come up to me and give the hug that I train people on giving. Mm. Um, that would be a really good day for me. And certainly I'm not the first person to give those trainings, but also that hug has never been given to me before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At least not by somebody who hasn't been trained. Yeah. Yeah, the full circle of it, of receiving back. Yeah. 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 Well, I have deep appreciation for that training. And it was, you know, as much laughter and goofiness was around it and teasing me about being the big hugger. Oh, you got to get a hug from Jill. <laughs> They'd say that, right? It opened doors to give big, heartfelt hugs. Oh, you know? And there's so much of it. Yeah, like how healing is that? Yeah. Yeah. Let's shift gears. As I could spend all day talking about hugs and in <laughs> fact have. <laughs> no but doubt. I'd like to talk about the community of your college. Sure. So College of Holistic Healing. There's many communities here, actually, now that I think about it. There's the students that are enrolling into energy psychology programs, uh, clinical hypnotherapy, transformational coaching. You know, there's different certifications that you can go through the college and receive and then if you choose to they're streamlined to gateway universities so that you can have a master's phd to further education so there's a student body of you know it's almost like babies popping right like they're just that sounds like a zit not that <laughs> they're they're wide-eyed they're eager, they're in the discovery of their gifts and talents in a way that is super fulfilling and heartfelt and it's precious. It's really like sacred space to hold classes and programs and a, a system for them to become healers in the world. So there's that community that you know I hold with honor and precious is the word that comes, that my guidance in this is to give them everything they need so that they're successful healers in the world. And that's like really like super cool. Now there's also the community of faculty that are healers already. They're trained professionals and they have found their way to be successful healers in the world in their own modality. And they're circling back to pass on their wisdom, to leave a legacy, to, you know, I have, I'm thinking of Deborah Valentina. She's the faculty lead for the transformational coaching school in the college. And, you know, she said to me, which I'm sure it's fine to pass on because it's so lovely. She said to me that I see this as a legacy, you know, to leave my life's work. She's trained from Stanford, right? And Berkeley and like super like, wow. And she's created the curriculum for transformational coaching for the college. And it's her wish that this is a legacy that she can have live beyond her. So the faculty are like, wow, I'm humbled, really humbled. Like I love people and I get that that's part of the ingredients that has me be in this position is that the nurturing of the relationships and I've been involved with different associations of transformational leaders. So I have connections with people and I've developed friendships with them. And now I get to play with them in a, a way where we can not only pass on our knowledge and gifts and experience, like, you know, passing the torch so that other people can grab that and move and evolve further forward but also, you know, hang out together and create together and do events together and collaborate. And so the college is built so that it cross pollinates automatically. So that if you're in a curriculum to get certified, 
there's different instructors that you have. And so you have expertise from like our pal Mitchell Levy, right? Coming in and teaching the CPOP, the customer point of possibility, right? For the clarity for new healers to be able to move forward and speak easily in a way that people can understand, mm -hmm. right? That's part of the barrier of woo-woo-ness <laughs> is that people don't understand this stuff. And so then they just like push it away. And so his brilliance, bringing him into as faculty to create clarity so that people can receive and access this kind of healing more easily. And the graduate students that become alumni can also uh, have that clarity with how they market what they're doing. The third community I see here is the alumni that I just pointed to where bringing the alumni back in into the college where when they specialize, there's some there's a hypnotherapist that's specializing in hypnobirthing. Like how cool is that, right? So to invite her back in to teach courses specifically on that, or one of the instructors, one of the faculty, he specializes in, in stage hypnosis, right? He also mm -hmm. does the therapeutic hypnotherapy as well, but stage hypnosis is a different skill set. And to have him come in and offer some specialty courses as the alumni fine tune and own their pathway in their healing and having this foster each other so that there's a cross-pollination is that word that comes up again, right? That collaborative energy of supporting mm -hmm. each other and sharing. Yeah. So I'm deeply honored and I can see that the College of Holistic Healing, it's a different enterprise than I'm not aware of another college like this where we're bridging to academia, into the university realm, yep. and we're offering collaborative style of education so that we can bring in experts to get certified. Yeah, I'm like giggly happy inside. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, I, I love how you broke that down into basically three uh, co-orbiting communities. There's the community of the students. I, I, one of the reasons I love that is because I think that most people don't spend time thinking about how the overall umbrella of a thing that they're involved in breaks down into actual communities that are creating the capacity for that, mm. that, that thing to move forward. One of my favorite versions of that is a not-for-profit where I talk about how the donors are a separate and distinct group of contributors to the success of the not-for-profit. And they're entirely separate from the staff, which is the execution contributors. And they're entirely separate from the people who are served by the not-for-profit. One of my favorite reasons for talking about it that way is because most people think about the sort of traditional corporation, which again has distinct communities. But when you think about it from a small business perspective, there's the staff and then there's the customer. There's these two interlocked groups who could be communities that create the success of that business. But in your case, you are thinking about it that way and you're looking at how to make each distinct community, even as they interlock, each distinct community successful as a standalone community. And I can hear it in the way you talk where, you know, the students are there to sort of soak up this knowledge and they're excited and they're filled with delight. And then the staff, the faculty are there to shepherd along the legacy of this amazing woman who created this vision and passed it along to future generation through you. It's, I love how you did that. Awesome. I get a, a gold star. <laughs> a gold star. <laughs> for that education system, I get a gold star. Yay. Yeah, for me, collaboration, it's like breathing air, right? Mm -hmm. Of the contribution, not competition. Like competition's mm -hmm. old school. No pun intended, but it's old school. And Indeed. the collaboration of... The older, you know, the fiercer. <laughs> <laughs> Again? I didn't catch. I said the older, the fiercer. Mm. And communication-wise, looking at humanity's evolution of moving into collaborative way of being, not competitive, 
and uh, how we can get behind a cause or we can support each other and seeing us as a whole rather than survival me against you. Yep. And looking at the structure of the college in, it was so about a year and a half ago, a colleague of mine passed away and she uh, left me this college in her will. And it was a one man show for professional hypnotherapy. And because I'm more of an alchemist and, and love collaborating and people, I, as do I. <laughs> as do you. That's why we have Thus we're talking. The it made sense to evolve it into the College of Holistic Healing and invite in other experts in their field. And, and I could see where as the college was designed, you know, the curriculum for hypnotherapy is exquisite. It is I don't know of a better program. Like it is excellent. And the previous owner was known for that. And then there's some components that outside of hypnotherapy, and I'm like, mm, no, I think this could be redesigned and much better. In fact, you know, like I don't do my own taxes. I hire an expert in taxes, right? And do I want right. to spend time learning it and being updated every year or every six months when they have revisions? No. <laughs> so I hire that out and I'm thinking, you know, I specialize in hypnotherapy and energy healing. I love this area and I'm excellent at it. And there's other areas like marketing or business development, or, you know, like there's some other areas that I'm not an expert in and that's okay. And I know people that are, so why not invite them in and have this alchemy of experts? Like how cool mm -hmm. is that? Mm -hmm. Right. And then the students are getting the best of the best and I don't have to be jack of all trades because that's not reasonable or I mean, I don't even desire to be anyways. And so the premise of collaborating, so seeing these communities of building, like how can it be when we're fostering a community that is luscious and exquisite in healing and everybody is receiving, like you talk about it in some of your videos, right? Where they're receiving, it doesn't have to be, it could be financial gain, but they're receiving gains that keep them nurtured and sustainable in not even sustainable it's a growth factor right where they want to stay in the community because they're receiving but they're also giving and so there's this natural flow like i was talking about with the electrons right the natural flow is there and so it feels good and it's healthy and then there's collaboration where a new invention happens and like it just keeps going so identifying those community elements of community yeah yeah, yeah, maybe I have been listening to you. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <once> twice. <laughs> yeah, the exchange of value. So yeah. the value that I provide by being a member of the community and the value that I receive by being a member of the community. Yeah. Where what I provide is unique to me. And when people think all the time about individualism and strength of the individual and the unhealthy edge of that thought process is survival of the fittest, which by the way, doesn't apply to humans. We are a collaborative animal. But when we think about that, what we're thinking about really is building up the value that I provide. It's not me to the exclusion. It's rather the, the strength of the individual lifts up the community. And the more that each individual in the community can grow their own strength, by strengthening their generality, but also by strengthening a specificity, by strengthening the, the skill that makes them excellent and building up the community through that strength and, and then the value that I receive. It, it would go, I can see it both ways, right? That it would build up as they share their uniqueness in the community, it strengthens the community. And as the community strengthens as them. As long as we share, but yes. we have to share it. Yeah, so the design of the college also has, you know, continuing ed credits and, different ways so that there's that give back that when they're taking courses they're given that back or when they're offering courses you know that it can connect with other communities and organizations and building the value of doing this work yeah and developing their uniqueness right that it's actually a contribution in I love what you said to me in Sedona our superpower is in community it's like, oh, that so rings true. That so rings true. Yeah. yeah.
Yeah, so identifying community, and uh, I see it with my committee uh, members as well of how can this be of service to them as they're offering their expertise too, right? Like that thought to make sure that there is that reciprocity in, in everything that we're building so that it's sustainable and has the integrity like scaffolding to build up the building or the deep rooted, you know, pillars so that you can build the skyscraper. Not that, no, I'd rather have a tree actually, so that, you know, that the roots are deep so that tree is strong and can weather the storms and provide so much for humanity. Yeah, I like mm -hmm. the oak tree analogy, that's better. I'm a big fan of the oak tree. <laughs> that acorn um, is amazing. It, it is amazing. Okay, so I see the interconnectedness of the web of these three communities, and I think it's amazing how you've created bi-directional value inside the community so that people will stay and even get deeper, but also a value sharing system between the communities. And naturally it has to be there in order for the college to succeed. But the way that you've looked at it and the way that you've created it is powerful. And I love that. On top of value, right, which is one of the elements of community, the bi-directional value, what are the other elements that you have worked hard to make sure show up? It comes to mind that, you know, when I look at the students that are grabbing the reins and really going for it, students that are committed to owning their profession and being healers in the world, they're driven by heart. They might have another profession on the side and looking at, you know, I run healing circles and the healing circles are so that the subconscious unconscious sabotage that can get in the way of us living into our success is cleared off before it sabotages us right and connecting by the heart of where we are you know i know the slogan's been out a lot lately of we're in it together like truly feeling like someone's not just a colleague or a fellow student, but they actually are a, a, a life friend. And they get that, they get that as we support each other, you know, it's that all ships rise with the tide rising. So it's beyond conventional or status quo academia. The, the quality of being heart driven, and I know this is used a lot too with a lot of businesses and they may or may not be actually heart driven. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's a trend term right now. And, but the difference of, you know, I have communities of students where they support each other. They clear each other on their own, on their own time. They do it to support each other. And yes, there's practice there that's great as well. But the friendships that are developed in this, looking at, being a healer in the world is def different than being an accountant. It's different than mm -hmm. being an engineer. It's different than being, you know, any profession that's more status quo. And your well-being is paramount to your success. And other professions that may not be the case, right? You, yeah. can, you can get through a day if you're feeling a little hungover or kind of off or stressed. It might be harder, but you can still get through the day. Whereas when you're a healer and you're out of sorts, the skill set that's required to be an effective healer is that it's through you. So the integrity of healing you and being grounded and present and there for service of others, there's no workaround, right? There's no faking it. And so the value or the basis of being heart-centered, even vetting who comes into the community of being heart-centered and that this is a community where we're here to support and collaborate and expand our businesses and support students and to grow into maybe a new career path and make money so that we have resourcefulness to keep expanding. It's led by heart. And if that's not there, it's not gonna really work. And it might be that person's just not ready or not the right fit. But I would say that's a very key element for community is that their heart is leading. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You also bring in purpose, 
And it's sort of endemic to being a, you know, a, a school, a college culture. But you do purpose differently than traditional universities or, you know, the older, less collaborative. Can you talk about purpose a little bit and how you do it differently? Purpose, if you think of purpose more like that book, Purpose Driven Life, right? That became really popular a decade or two ago. It's like an oxymoron to my ears. Driving for purpose. It's, it's more of a calling and a listening to and a leaning in and an answering. Yeah. <laughs> then, it, ooh, covered in goosebumps saying that. It's mm. are tuned in. There's a natural listening for what's already there, right? Like that might sound cryptic, but the humanity is hurting. We, we can see that just, you know, turn on the news, boom. And healers are tuned into that pain of, and struggle that's already there. And it's happening with our kids beyond what we know what to do with. Like our systems aren't designed, our systems have not caught up to how our kids have evolved when they're even coming in, like they're, they're so tapped in, they're so tuned into to what's going on, into the frequency of the planet. And the planet, the, there's so much pain and struggle and fear that it's really uncomfortable unless you have some tools. And mm. most education systems and parents don't know how to guide and foster our kids. And mm. when you think of purpose as a answering to what's already there that fulfills it's almost like the dream is dreaming you like the energy is already there it's not like you're making up a purpose right it's more like i'm listening to the need and i can feel this or this idea comes up or these circumstances or you know all the serendipitous people that are aligning in my life or the courses that i'm attracted to or these things are lining up for me to answer, for me to lean into so that I can be part of, you know, creating heaven on earth here, right? Like creating that life can be joyful and loving and beautiful and abundant and playful and adventurous. And that living that way actually illustrates and heals the world. Struggling and buying into the hurt and the pain actually adds more hurt and pain. So mm. purpose-driven, having purpose, that like back to the heart, right? It's being heart-driven so that you're feeling into my unique expression of creating a healing in the world, creating love in the world, creating joy, like what brings me joy is going to naturally express through me and help others. And it's already there. It's not, you don't have to, it's not figuring it out, it's uncovering. And then living your purpose is a natural expression of who you already are. And it's a natural expression of what the, the world, what humanity is calling you forward into. And it takes courage because this is not how we've been taught. It's not how generations past have been taught. And so it, it takes courage to step into a new path that you might actually be creating. Like you might be creating these steps forward because you hear what is being wanted. And the bridge that you're making has not been made before. That's where we're at right now. Our kids and our grandkids our grandkids, <laughs> it's happening with our kids a little bit and our grandkids and then the generation after that, it will be easier. And I'm putting that out mm -hmm. there into the, into the world to create it and it will be easier. And right now we're, we're in the transition of old school to new school. And so saying that of creating pathways, creating bridges so that the, the new school way of living is true to our hearts and it's connected to what's being asked for and what's being asked for are your long hugs right like that's being asked for people don't even really? know that they need it until they receive it and that's heartfelt connection we're not doing that to you know an in order to equation we're doing that because it's human healing and well-being and it feels good and it's just mm. love and in that we heal.
right? So the purpose, having purpose in the college of tuning people into what is their unique expression for what the world is calling them forward into. Yeah. And that's a discovery. It's not going to be the same for each person. It's a matter of listening to yourself, tuning into yourself, um, paying attention to when you feel expansive and delighted and joyful, and when you feel contractive and having the discernment of um, the contraction is showing you contrast that something needs to shift. And the joyful is, is showing you an opening and an avenue to keep moving forward into. Yeah. Yeah, so discovering, I would say, more of in the curiosity and the discovery of your purpose in being tuned into the... If you think of humanity, if every human being, the, the basic essence of every human being, love, so then you're being tuned into love. And you get to even create what that is. Yeah. And I'm doing my best with the college to provide different avenues for people to find that. And it might be something new that comes out of it too, which would be totally cool. And I would expect it. I would expect new inventions to come out of this, which is awesome. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Let's create communities that create new things. Yeah. Yeah, like how cool is that? The whole mystery school of life, right? Let's create communities that create new things like inventors and alchemists and uh, magicians and healers and people that move society forward, artists, right? We're doing that all the time and actually having each other to support each other is gonna create it stronger and bigger and more expansive and creating the validity too with the academia backing of it creates more access in so that people that are uh, new to this, you know, like meditation coming into corporations and hospitals, like how great is that? You know, Reiki coming in for helping healing cancer patients, like it's happening. That, going, going right back to how we started. What if it's placebo? Okay. If it works, bring <laughs> it. <laughs> how, how do I know that it's not just placebo? Who cares? Yeah. 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 If Having it works, work, I want it. Yeah. I think we unknowingly have a lot of negative placebo going on inside us. So what if we shift that to positive, to the outcome we actually want and harness the power of placebo? Oh, there's a yeah. book title. Harness the power of placebo. <laughs> oh, that's good. To the bookstore near you by Jill Fisher. <laughs> I'll write that. I'll write. At that point, it'll be Jill Fisher, PhD. Yes. Yes. Super excited about that. Dr. Jill Fisher. Yeah. That's a vision I'm living into. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Harness the power of placebo. Yeah. Absolutely. What if it's placebo? Okay. Give me, Get give on. Me. Yep. Thank you, Jill. I like to wrap up my interviews with three questions. Okay. First one is the easiest one, and the second two are a little bit of a curveball. First one is for everybody who has been delighted by the stories that you're sharing and wants to learn more about either you, hypnotherapy, or energy healing from you, or the college, what's the one best way for them to find you? Well, you can, probably the easiest way I would say is to book a discovery call. It's a free 30-minute one-on-one session. And you can book it at, like, myname.online. So www.jillfisher.online. And then you'll get a booking link. You can go to the college and surf around and see what's in the college at... It's www.ch for College of Holistic Healing. So ch.online. And my website for hypnotherapy is my name.ca because I'm in Canada. So Jill Fisher, F-I-S-C-H-E-R dot C-A. So those are three avenues where you can connect with me and we can go deeper and collaborate and create and invent and create purpose and all that fun stuff that we've just talked about. Tune into purpose. Tune yeah. In purpose. Yeah. I love it. Second. This is where the curveball starts. Good thing you're sitting down. Okay. If there was one question that you wish I had asked you, but I have not, what would it be? 
that you had asked me this before we did it. <laughs> have you heard that one before? Probably, hey? I have not. That was the first time, and you're right. <laughs> that would make it less fun now, wouldn't it? <laughs> Let's see. I didn't even, and I tell you what we're going to do, but I don't tell this little part. You. Yep. Yep. I would say what comes to mind right now is like an origin story of what got me into this. Cool. Yeah, that would be fun, right? It, it wouldn't have fit in well into the way this conversation flowed, but that I agree. It's just like, it's like a foundational piece of, you know, what gives you a right to talk about this or, you know, to run the college or do hypnotherapy or... You know, it's that grounding piece that people can see themselves in. But, but yeah, that can steer the conversation differently for sure. Yeah, cool. I like it. That's a good one. And then finally, do you have any parting thoughts? Do I have any parting thoughts? Uh, you know, my parting thought is that you're never stuck with anything. That Yes. That electrons are always orbiting, even in our solid objects, right? Like, you know, if you go back to science in grade eight, right? That even though this desk is solid, it's actually space, then the electrons are just slower. And in that, to understand that everything actually is moving, therefore, everything can change. And when you think of, you know, like the resignation or woefulness, like woe is me, this is how life has to be. It's that's a lie. It's not true. Everything can change. And, and you working on you, like seeing that there's something that you can do to alter the outcome of your life will change the world. And the integrity is to actually have it move through you. And energy is moving so fast now that, you know, your healing, it used to be, you know, your healing accesses, you know, maybe seven other people, 14 other people, maybe a thousand other people. It's happening so fast. I've heard stats now, it's at like 300,000 other people. So the coming wow. back to self for your own healing really does heal the world. And that's wow. where we have domain over, right? Like we don't have domain over each other. That's unless they're your children, but we have domain over ourselves. So that understanding, there's always something you can do. And the starting place is with you. There's wow. my party. I didn't know it was 300,000. That basically means that if 20,000 people, that's it, just 20,000 people are honest to God, true experts at healing themselves and sharing their self-healing journey openly, energetically, that it'll affect the entire world. Yeah. Yeah. The tipping point's getting easier and easier. At 20,000, I mean... Seven and a half billion is a number that's hard to wrap my arms around. 20,000 is a number that we can wrap our arms around. Yeah, and the higher frequency you are, the more healed you are, the more you access. Yeah. Right, so the sometimes we feel helpless, like all of these problems in the world and everything that's happening. I don't know what I can do. I'm just gonna have some wine and watch Netflix and <laughs> numb out, right? Listen, but, there are some days where that is the best you can do and that's okay. And that's totally okay. That's totally okay. As I'm... long as there's chocolate there too. <laughs> Good chocolate. <laughs> and there is things that we can do that if you think of the world's a reflection of what's going on inside us. So by healing us, we are healing the world. And there are things that we can do directly to help others. That will naturally happen as you're healing yourself. It's a natural expression of being human the premise of collaboration of community right is yes that we're... and i love that and trust me when i say this to everyone who's listening and jill will back this up you do it better when you do it with other people absolutely a, a healing journey that is solo is going to be slow <laughs> it's going to be slow and and more painful than it needs to be yeah. A healing journey with people that love you and support you and see the best in you will be quantum levels and fun. There'll be some, some things to move through for sure. And it's like having your best friend right there with you that loves you. Yeah. Yeah. If you can, why wouldn't you? I yeah. love that. What a great parting thought. That is who we are. Awesome. Thank you, Lucas. Super fun. Really enjoyed this. And I, anything that we can create and play together, I'm an all in. 
Yes, me too. Thank you, Jill. Thank you. Hug. Hug. <laughs> Long hug. Big hug. Heart hug. Heart hug. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us this week on Elements of Community. Make sure to visit our website, elementsofcommunity.us, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.